Like twin sons on a Womp Rat's tail, welcome back to the Tumbling Saber podcast, everybody. I'm Kyle, and uh, it's been it's been another roller coaster week for Star Wars fans, and I'm I'm here all alone this week to process the week that was, and you know I'm sitting here in this blank void <laughs> to process the uh, the week that was in Star Wars and, and relive it all and and uh, hash it all out. But uh, how you guys doing? How you all been? I, I hope uh, I hope life is being good to you wherever you guys might be. So. Um, hopefully you'll stick around for the duration of this podcast and listen to me ramble and tumble my way through the week that was in the galaxy far, far away. Uh, so yeah, uh, Corey and Carlos, they are out this week. They're, they're having lives. How dare they? <laughs> and well, I, I think in Corey's case, his life, his, uh, his life was last night and he left it all at the pub. <laughs> I'll let you draw the picture from there. Um... But yeah, yeah, and he's not in very good shape today, everybody. He he's, he can't show up to talk about Star Wars. So uh, I will uh, I will do the honors. Um, and I'm off booze for this month. November was another sober October. I'm doing it in November. And, uh, you know, two-thirds of the way through. And it's not really been a problem. Um, I haven't really missed it that much. But that Carlos keeps sending me pictures of some nice whiskeys. And uh, it's pissing me off. <laughs> Cause it's uh, he's got some pretty nice stuff there, in his in his collection, and um, I'm starting to miss it a little bit. Not gonna lie, but uh, whatever, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. I'm sleeping better, and uh, n- none of the cobwebs th- the next day. So I will I will take it. But uh, spoiler alert for this this week this episode: if you were holding out hope that D23 was going to lift our spirits, where <laughs> where Disney Plus Day. Uh, let us all down so badly last week. Uh, you are, you are sadly mistaken. And um, I didn't follow this event too closely. I wasn't about to waste my weekend, uh, you know, flipping through Twitter and hoping to get something. But um, it really, we got nothing. I'm not, I'm not even sure a single word was uttered about Star Wars on any platform. So, yeah, deflating. Um, but not not super surprising, I guess, because I, I I checked out the schedule for D23 over the week, and uh, I, I set my expectations accordingly, because there was there didn't seem to be many opportunities to even talk about Star Wars or Marvel or any of that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, it just feels like uh, we're gonna go into this weird drought where Lucasfilm is gonna deprive us of its content and its marketing, and you know what are we waiting for? <laughs> what's the what is this drought going to continue for how long is it going to go uh so buckle up we we're not we're not through that that uh lingering blank void just yet but uh we'll get there i guess we have no choice but to wait so um you know thinking ahead to 2022 and it, i think it goes without saying that it's going to be one of the biggest years yet for star wars when you look at the three shows that are coming on Disney Plus, maybe a fourth with Bad Batch season two, uh, celebration is in the middle of the year. It's like it's gonna be a packed, packed year for Star Wars fans, and I'm super stoked, really excited for 2022. But uh, I, I kind of, and I know I don't feel alone on this one. Uh, I wish they would stop taking my excitement for granted and and get around to showing us why, specifically on Disney Plus, why are we paying this fee? If I'm a Star Wars fan. What am I waiting for? I know Book of Boba Fett's coming, but that, that series doesn't go on forever. What else are you doing? Show me. <laughs> I know you can. You just won't. But anyway, uh, 
I, I, I'm not, I don't want to fall down another ranting rabbit hole this week because there's nobody here to pull me out of it. So I'll just I'll just move into the more positive stuff for the week. And uh, so last week, I mean, my my week in Star Wars was pretty tame. But last week, I mentioned that DK Publishing had sent me the Star Wars Life Day Cookbook. And I said that I would talk about some of the recipes on the podcast as as I did them. So this weekend, um, we were trying to plan out our Saturday night dinner. And my wife was making these really awesome uh, Korean-inspired beef lettuce wraps. Um, but we, we couldn't really think of a side dish to go with it. So then I remembered there's this really interesting-looking Cerulean noodle salad <laughs> out of... Um, the, the Star Wars cookbook that I just got from DK. And like, this thing is straight out of Aunt Z's kitchen on the Colossus. And like, I, I, I shit you not, it's a true story. Like, they, they, you know, each, each recipe comes with a little story about the origin of the recipe and where it comes from. And this one, you know, they talked about uh, the, the Colossus and uh, Castellon and about Aunt Z and her tavern. And it even showed Aunt Z's full name which I th- I'm it's probably more complicated to pronounce than uh, Thrawn's actual name. But also, they throw in weird little tidbits, like Aunt Z ended up on Takodana at some point, which I don't know if it's in Resistance, but now I know that she was there, and now you know that too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, that, and that's, that's why you clearly listen to this podcast. But yeah, the, uh, the noodle salad was awesome. It was... Um, uh, Napa cabbage, red cabbage, uh, some julienned carrots, um, snow peas, rice noodles, green onions, a, a really a nice spicy uh, ginger vinaigrette, and it was super good. It was nice and light um, to go with the uh, the lettuce wraps that we had made. And but my only critique of the recipe is that they just, they just didn't get you to make enough of the vinaigrette, so it, not enough to go around. So if I were to make it again. I would just make a little more of that dressing to go with it because it was super tasty. And uh, you don't feel terrible after eating it. You don't. Uh, you can have a huge bit of salad and not feel too bad about yourself. But the, the, like, the otherworldly part, the part that makes it Star Wars-y, so to speak, is that you boil, like you just hack off some red cabbage, throw it in some water, boil it so that the water turns like a dark purple, and then you cook the rice noodles in that. So that when you you put the salad together, you top it with the rice noodles, and it looks crazy. Like you you have this dish that it's green and it's orange and it's purple, <laughs> it's it's red. It's it's really wild, and again, it's awesome. But yeah, if I were to make it again, uh, a little more vinaigrette and uh, maybe a bird chili or two to spice things up a little more. But yeah, that uh, that was my highlight for Star Wars this week, and. Um, you know, if, if I do, whenever I do another recipe, I'll, I'll recap it here quickly, but uh, that that's a good start. That one's like an eight on 10. That's yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a good eight on 10. And with a little customization, you can take that to like a nine. Easy, easy. So yeah, again, that, that was, that was it for me with Star Wars. I didn't read or watch anything this week, which that's not atypical for me. I'll, I'll do that for a week where I just don't touch anything, but I did start uh, Cowboy Bebop on Netflix which I knew nothing about other than it was a really popular anime series. Um, and it was cool. It was really cool. Uh, so I'm going to keep uh, keep with that series until it either finishes or loses my interest. But I was pretty happy 
you know, an episode or two in. Very happy. Kind of really cool characters. John Cho is is always fun. And uh, yeah, pretty pretty wild premise. Uh, but also I watched, this is, I guess this is, you know, if you squint and tilt your head, this is almost Star Wars related. But we watched, I, with my daughter, um, Princess Mononoke on Netflix. And uh, that was awesome. Like if you dig, if you were really into the uh, Star Wars Vision stuff, you would probably love this. Um, and and if you love Star Wars animation, you'll absolutely love this. And particularly if you're an Ahsoka fan, you've got to check this out. And without really going any deeper, you'll see in this in this movie where uh, Dave Filoni pulled a couple of very obvious things and worked them into his own Star Wars stories. But really cool. Really, really enjoy that. It's it been a movie that I wanted to see. Like, I don't do a ton of anime, but that was one that I really wanted to get to. And it just, it took me years, years. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just took me that long to get to it, but I'm, I'm glad I finally did. And I, I think it's, it was good enough that I think I might go back at, at some point. It's, it's not out of the question. All right. So over to the world of collecting for a few minutes here. Um, you know, as you guys know, I've been, I've been, agonizing over which vintage collection figures I need to get rid of in order to make some space and, and just clear out stuff that realistically will never see the light of day. Um, so I, I finished that task last week, selling off the last handful of figures, and that was just in time for me to bring in more. I, I got some, uh, I got a box uh, from my favorite indie toy dealer, the, the Toy Snowman, who's local here in Montreal, and it had uh, it had a vintage collection, Ahsoka and Maul from the Siege of Mandalore, Clone Wars Season 7. And these figures are just straight up awesome, man. They are straight out of those episodes. They are unbelievable. Um, and I've always said, like, I'm not out of vintage collection. I'm just not going to get every single figure from every single wave. And these are two characters that, that, I mean, obviously with Ahsoka, I love the character. And I'm not a huge Maul guy, but you can't have that Ahsoka and not have the Maul to go with it. So I am super pleased with these pickups. And I, and I ordered these. It took a while. I ordered these January 31st of this year and just received them, I think, Wednesday of last week. <laughs> so it took a minute, but they're finally here, and um, the wait was worth it. They're they're really cool. So over to the uh, the Haslab Rancor, and we'll see how it's going. I don't know that it's going the way Hasbro expected, uh, but let's just do a little health check here for for the for the Rancor. And I think last week we spoke, uh, we or the week before that, uh, we spoke about the Gamorrean Guard. That was the first tier unlock. So the first, to, to get 9,000 backers, that would be the minimum threshold to get the, fi- the project financed. And then um, it would take, I think, 11,000 backers to unlock the Gamorrean Guard. So, yeah, people weren't just particularly thrilled with that first tier unlock and the the... the Count the backer count went backwards for a little bit before starting to move forward again. And so last Monday, they revealed the second tier unlock, which would happen at 13.5 thousand followers, or backers, I should say. And that unlock was a pile of bones and a cardboard backdrop. <laughs> Come on, Asbro. I mean, they're, they're, it's, they're cool add-ins, but at this point, you got to come out with with a stronger game. Like people are are expecting impressive stuff, and these are cool little decorative pieces, accent pieces to fill out the display. But let's get people in first, and this did not do the job. 
So, uh, again, the, the backer count went in reverse a little bit before it started to finally tick up a little bit. So last week when, when we recorded last week's episode, there were 5,117 backers. And then over the course of the week, disappointed people dropped off the campaign. And I think Hasbro panicked maybe a little bit because literally the, the next day after revealing the pile of bones and a cardboard backdrop, they announced a live stream for Friday of that week, just, just three days later, for the third and fourth tier unlocks. And that's really bizarre. That's really packing in these these events and these reveals close together. And I think a little bit of that is desperation to get this project moving ahead, because it was not. So by Friday, uh, the, the, the backers had increased to 5,147-ish. So they'd only added about 30 people over the course of the week, which is not good. Not good at all. Um, so whatever Hasbro was going to reveal on the live stream for tiers three and four, that would have to be the pieces to justify the set because tiers one and two clearly weren't doing it. And so the final unlocks were a carded Black Series Salacious Crumb, which is a repack from the recently revealed uh, Galaxy's Edge Shop Disney set. So people kind of yawned at that. And then they also revealed a Black Series Jedi Knight Luke, which is a retooled version of the one that came out two years ago. So that's not technically a repack, but it's a figure they just did. So these are two, again, very weak reveals. And, and you know, to make matters worse, they kind of just straight up said that it's the, on, with the Luke figure, it's the packaging that's, rev- that's, that's exclusive to this set. So they already showed their hand by saying that this figure is going to be at retail. So there's no, no real incentive to jump on this. I thought, I thought it was a bizarre tactic to take, to, to openly just say that. I, I guess I'm all for transparency and being honest, but uh, yeah, that was not it. <laughs> that was not cool. So um, the, the campaign generally went in reverse last week after that live stream, which is sort of deflating to watch. I don't want this to fail, but to check in now, and it's, it's uh, 4,825 backers which is a drop of 300. So they, you know, it, it's not catastrophic. It's not like they lost 30%, but they did lose whatever, 5% of their backers. So I, they, they can maybe make that up. So, but I don't, that's it. There, there's no more live streams. There's no more tiers. So I don't know what's going to get people back in other than FOMO as, as the clock gets closer to midnight here for the campaign. And... One thing I, I found out last week, and I don't know if it's true, but the backer count on the website only counts um, North American backers. So maybe as the the days get closer to zero, they can start adding in some of the the dealers from Europe and the UK who, who would buy for their own clientele on that side of the pond and start to kind of artificially, not artificially, but add those numbers to the backer count to make it look like it's gaining momentum. That, I suppose, is something they could do and then get get momentum going that way. But uh, not looking very promising right now, but I'm not going to call it yet. I mean, the, the knee-jerk, the hot take reaction is to say this thing's dead, it was a failure, fire everybody, clear the decks at Hasbro and, and start anew. But, you know, that's 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 too much. Like, they, they do good work over there at Hasbro. And if, if, you, if you look at the figure, the Rancor figure itself, 
It's unbelievable. They also revealed the like the final painted version. It looks incredible. Anybody would want this in their collection, but at 350 US, it's a it, it's it's a bitter or a steep pill to swallow. So the 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 add-ins have to add value, and so far in the eyes of collectors who are speaking very loudly on this, it's not. It's not adding the value. So uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, but it's not looking too promising. But the ray of sunshine here is that um, the sail barge, the katana, when they financed that, the campaign for that was real didn't really get moving itself uh, until like it was two thirds of the way through. Like it was only about halfway through or halfway financed at this point. Like it, it's it's there's still hope, I think. And you know, I I, I don't remember with the katana how many. Uh, tiers and unlocks there were. I know they threw in the yak face figure, but I don't remember what else was part of the set or was not was an unlock. I can't remember at all. But I know it was late in the game uh, until the katana really started to pick up steam. But also, that was the first HasLabs project, at least for Star Wars projects, and it was Vintage Collection, which I think is an easier sell. So we'll see. Again, we'll see what happens. I don't know how this is going to play out. I'm really... I'm rooting for this thing to get done, but yeah, those uh, those unlocks and the, the sort of the strategy behind it and the way they unveiled, not cool. It's 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 not cool. Um, yeah, and I wonder if it doesn't meet financing, if they would release a scaled back or less articulated version of the Rancor to get that on on the shelves, because I can't imagine they would just throw all this work in the garbage. It's like everybody kind of wants a version of that Rancor. But yeah, not at this price tag, and and certainly not at the the value that they're providing with the unlocks. And again, if it doesn't get financed, I hope their stance publicly is that um, you know they'll say like it's our first Haslabs Black Series campaign, and uh, we realize that we we made a few mistakes, and or maybe they don't. Maybe they're not making mistakes. Maybe this gets financed, and I'm talking out of my rear end here. But if it does flop, I would. I hope they say that we learned something and we'll do better next time. But we'll see. We'll check in again next week with the Rancor and hope that it's doing a little bit better. Okay, into the news, everybody. Um, Kathleen's back for three more years, I guess. That's that's a report coming from some guy named Matthew Baloney, who I think is a he used to write for Hollywood Reporter. So I guess he's got some credentials. But now this article re- appeared on Puck or or Puck News. I'm not quite sure what the website's actually called. But he's reporting that her contract has been extended by another three years until the end of 2024. And if you listen closely, all of those dude bros on YouTube who uh, who thrive on faux outrage are just absolutely fuming right now because what are they thinking? Personally, as you may have guessed, I'm, I'm happy to hear this. You know, it hasn't always been smooth sailing under her reign, and I'm not saying that um, that everything has been perfect or even to my taste. But if I look at the total sum of Star Wars content that has been dropped on my lap since The Force Awakens came out, the positive outweighs the negative by a long shot. So I, I can't be anything but happy. And forget forget about me. Her job is to make money for Lucasfilm and Disney, and. If that's the main criteria on which she's judged and which will get her contracts, she's done an amazing job. 
uh, the movies since she has taken over have grossed well over, or like, yeah, north of $5 billion. And the merch has probably made twice that amount. And, and uh, the number of subscribers who came to Disney Plus because of The Mandalorian at the outside of, of Disney Plus, like, it's, it's not a surprise that Disney trusted Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm to be the franchise to lead us into the launch of the Disney Plus service. Like, she's a Hall of Famer. She knows exactly what she's doing. And, you know, when we hear about changes in directors and, and creative differences and all that, all that really annoying stuff that really isn't a good look, you know, all the, all the knee-jerk reactions about her, her abilities and her judgment that she doesn't know what she's doing, yeah, no, no, that, that's really not how this works. We're not supposed to know about this kind of stuff, but we do, and I'm sure it happens all the time. It's just, it, it's again, there's so many prying eyes around Star Wars and so many people want to know this this dirt. But uh, look, again, it's it's not fun to hear about it, and you know, I, I don't want to ever stick up for the big bad studio who has to sort of keep these creators in line. I want the creators to be able to do the story they want to tell. But we're also, if I've learned anything over the last few years, I think, for me, I think it's a, it's safe to say that this is a fandom that thrives on connectivity and lore and bullet points and, and stuff like that than novel storytelling and, and the mythic underpinnings. I don't think fandom cares about that kind of stuff as much as it either used to or I think just the the ability to, for one movie to talk to another movie across time, the references and and that kind of stuff. I think people use that as a proxy for good storytelling. And it's I don't I'm not saying it's lame or bad or anything like that. It's just it's it's not necessarily groundbreaking. It's it's comfort food is what it is, and I think people want that out of Star Wars and. That's largely what we've been given, right? So, um, and again, we we never know how much direct involvement Kathleen has in any of these projects, but her name is on all of it, and she's the boss. And you know, it, the buck stopping with her, she gets my thanks. To be honest, for 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 all the stuff that we've been given, that whether you enjoy it or not, like you take the stuff you like and and. Move on from the stuff that you don't. But I, I'm grateful for all of it, man. And it, with her resume and what she's done in her career, she gets to say when her career's over. Like, she's not going to be fired. She's not going to get shown the door. She, John Favreau's not barring her from the set of The Mandalorian. None of that stuff is even remotely true. And, you know, at the end of this contract, this new one, She'll be in her early 70s by then. And if she decides that's game over for her and she wants to walk away, cool. That's it. But yeah, the, I guess the, the wandering thought I have with Kathleen Kennedy, let, let, for, for, for argument's sake, if this is her last contract, like I, you know, is Disney Plus going to be her, her legacy? You know, of course, the sequels kind of launched Star Wars and got brought in the, the sort of the financial footing to, to launch it into the next era but is disney plus her legacy and right now today it feels like it <clears throat> with so much focus there and so much stuff coming on disney plus we'd have to say that you know the 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 focus has certainly been there um but yeah i, I you know i want her to kind of spend the next 
couple of years thinking about the future of Star Wars. You know, Disney Plus is, is off and running now. There's people doing all the good work on the shows. So I hope she spends a lot of time you know, digging deep with the different creators and different people at Lucasfilm, forging the big, the big grand vision for the big screen. Like we can only mine the Skywalker era for so much until it gets you're, you. You flog that horse to death. And so, um, yeah. What's what's next? Like the Star Wars. You know, Star Wars when it first dropped became such a big phenomenal thing that just moved the needle in pop culture and just redefine movies and inspired an entire generation of movie makers and I, I i want to see star wars try and do that again i don't want it to always just try and be comfort food i want it to try and mean try and be a set of movies that mean something again uh without just being a rehash of what it used to be don't try and just duplicate thrills and uh crazy reveals like george had done do something different. Do something cool and, and that feels contemporary and yet uh, Star Wars. And that's a tough task. I realize that. But um, yeah, that I hope that she spends part of her time, a lot of her time over the next three years, thinking about that and executing on that because I think that's the way forward for Star Wars. It has to be, it has to be the franchise that kind of sets the pace, be on top of the cinematic mountain and, and be relevant again. But yeah, congratulations to Kathleen Kennedy. It's a well-deserved contract, well-deserved indeed. And I look forward to seeing what she can do over the next three years and what kind of awesome stuff will come out of Lucasfilm. Okay, next up is Sabine Wren, folks. Apparently we've got our live-action Sabine Wren. Um, Natasha Lou Bordizzo has been cast for the role according to Deadline. And of course, there's nothing from Lucasfilm to confirm this. Uh, but it just it just feels legit. This news just absolutely feels legit. Um, all the big, all, you know, I think the news was originally reported on either late Friday or early on Saturday, and uh, all the big trades picked it up, ran with it, and it's 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 all over the place. And it feels like the the work was done and the due diligence done, and it's out there. And I, I'm sure Lucasfilm would have loved to have made this casting announcement on their own on their own watch, but uh, yet again, because they choose to stay quiet on everything, it's been taken away. It's, it's another thing that got snatched away from them, just like um, Rosario Dawson was taken away from them, and uh, the, the Ewan McGregor confirmation, that was taken away from them, and it was that, that to me was just one of the m- more laughable events in, in Star Wars PR, marketing, hype, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> we all are, all, we knew it. We all knew it, and it, they still acted like we didn't, which was silly and kind of insulting too, but I digress. Um, as for uh, the actor in question here, Natasha Lou Bordizzo, I don't know a thing about her. I've never seen her before in anything, but uh, I imagine she'll be great. I, anybody who's cast in these shows seems to do a great job as long as, uh, as, long as you're not... Uh, What's that douchebag's name from the Gunslinger episode? Jake, Jake Cannavale? Ah, guy can go piss up a rope. I can't stand that guy. And he stunk. Oh, he stunk. But most other people do really well. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So, again, I don't, I don't know anything about her, but she'll, she'll be fine. And 
not, I think there were a lot of people that wanted Tia Surkart to get the role. And they're probably the same people that are angry that Ashley Eckstein didn't get the role of live action Ahsoka. And I, I don't really get it. I, I guess I do to some degree, but like n- neither of them were ever going to get those roles. And I'm pretty secure in saying that. Like I'm as far away from showbiz as it gets. And I, there was never even a, a moment where I felt like, oh yeah, they're going to definitely just give the, the role to Ashley Eckstein. That to me was such a long shot to begin with. Um, and yeah, the same same deal with Tia Surkar. She was never going to get that role. Like just because someone was right for the voice doesn't make them the right choice for live action. And there could be a host of reasons for that, but it was just so obvious. So I guess people are just going to have to live with their disappointment that uh, they're going to have to get used to seeing a different voice or hearing a different voice for Sabine. <clears throat> That's you know the same way they had to get used to a different voice for Ahsoka. And what we need to stop doing is is looking at Katie Sackhoff and Bo-Katan and saying that that's some sort of benchmark and standard when, when she's the outlier. Like, it's so, so rare that an actor can get cast to do the voice and then also do the live action. That rarely happens, at least in my mind. And certainly in Star Wars, it's it's a rare event. So, I don't know. But it, 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 at least with her, it seemed almost predestined. When you know when Bo-Katan took off her bucket in the Clone Wars, and she looks just like Katie Sackhoff, it's like they didn't they didn't try very hard to you know they didn't, they didn't reach very hard. They just like, oh, let's just make it Katie. That's that's fine. But again, she's 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 a one off and and not really a, a trendsetter in that regard. But uh, I you know I I do hope with regards to Sabine in the Ahsoka show, I I hope we get a lot of her. You know I I, I hope. She's in a lot of episodes and in a lot of scenes in the same way that like, well, like Bo-Katan was in quite a bit of season two of Mando or even better, although we haven't seen it yet. I do hope that Fennec Shand is going to be in Book of Boba Fett a whole lot. And I, I hope that Sabine has a similar sized role to to Fennec Shand's role in Book of Boba Fett. So that's that. Um, it just it leaves me wondering what's left for Lucasfilm to talk about. Like, are we going to get similar scoops on Thrawn and Ezra? And I, I know that there's been rumors, like Lars Mikkelsen, again, he did the voice, so he must be getting the live action, uh, the, the Thrawn gig. I don't see it. And uh, I, I think Mina, Mina Masood, I think he, you know, there's the rumor of him being cast as Ezra. But I don't think the the big trades picked up on that those rumors the same way that they have with the Sabine news. So I'm not really putting any stock in those two rumors as of yet. And again, if I missed it, let me know. I you know if I if I should be thinking of uh, Lars Mikkelsen as our Thrawn, uh, I'd like to know that. But uh, yeah, so cool. Sabine looks like she's in the fold, and I'm I'm really happy about that because it it means that big things are happening. Okay, lastly, but definitely not least this week, um, a potentially updated Disney Plus shooting schedule. So while uh, the mothership sought fit to not give us any any teasers or anything at all, really, even a tweet, <clears throat> um, 
and you know the, the big screen continues to be anybody's guess. Maybe we'll never see a Star Wars movie ever again, but like the, the drumbeat is continuing on the Disney Plus side of things. And this past week, Bes- Bespin Bulletin was doing his good work again. He's as solid a source as you're going to find. Like, one of the great scoopers and leakers out there. But uh, he's highlighting a trade publication called Production Weekly, which is some sort of industry trade kind of thing, um, which states that Ahsoka will be shooting in March of 2022 and continue right through until the fall. And then in a separate report on, on Bespin Bulletin, he'd also highlighted the November 11th issue of Production Weekly that said the Acolyte would begin shooting in May of 2022 for a 2023 release. So uh, the calendar for Disney Plus is filling up and it, it, it makes me happy to say that there could be a logjam of live action content coming like in 2023, which is still, a, it's, it's far, but it's, it's not that far. We can get there. Um, but it's, it sounds, and I'm going to, I want to try and piece together in my head, the calendar of content that might be coming for us. So it sounds like uh, Mandalorian season three will be our Disney plus show for this time next year, like Christmas, 2022 into winter, 2023, again, about a year from now. Um, so again, again, looking at the, at potential release order and re- I'm saying potential because obviously nothing's official <laughs> and this is really my best guess, but yeah. So after Mando season three, or let's, you know, let's back up, let's go with, Book of Boba Fett, really, which is which is a month from now ish, and that will take us into February of 2022. That much I'm confident in. I think I think we can say that. I don't think there's another show coming between uh, now and December 29th. And then Kenobi will probably be the next show. And it's interesting to me when they release that exactly when they release that because like Celebration is at the end of May. And I don't think they'll drop Kenobi, say, in early May, then pause for celebration and then keep the show going. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, have celebration happen while the show is also happening? I don't think they would do that. So I think they'll launch it first and then finish it. Well, you know, I don't know. But I th- one of two things. I think they would launch it before uh, celebration. And finish it before celebration. So they would drop it maybe in early to mid-April. And then as it ends, you go to celebration and you have a big party about it. Or they hype the hell out of it at celebration. And they bring Ewan in and, and Hayden in. And everybody, like everybody in the pool. And then as the celebration ends, everybody's got their COVID con crud. They go home. But you get Kenobi that week. Which would... would probably drop on the Wednesday after after uh, celebration which would be like June 1st or something I'm I'm just guessing but then uh, after Kenobi andor probably comes next and the really interesting thing there is that it says that uh, well, the reports are, are that andor season one is 16 episodes long so that's like four months <laughs> that it'll take us to get through if they stick with the weekly release, It'll take us four months to get through season one of Andor. So if they if they wait 
until after Celebration to release Kenobi. If they, you know, if they only release that first episode in early June, Kenobi will stretch into into July, and then they'll probably take you know two three weeks off and then launch Andor. And you know if that might you know if that launches in early August or mid August, and it takes sixteen weeks, that goes all the way to Christmas twenty twenty two, and then we would go almost right away into Mando season three, which would carry us into February twenty twenty three. Then Ahsoka would come out. Um, and you know, probably taking that same May June slot that Kenobi would get in 2022. Are you guys? Am I? I hope I'm not losing anybody with this. I'm I'm trying to keep it all tra- straight in my head, and I hope you're all on this ride with me. Um, and then the Acolyte would would be the f- maybe the final show of 2023, potentially, and, or yeah, maybe it would be. So Acolyte would maybe carry us right to that elusive, slippery 2023 Christmas movie, whatever it may be, if it still happens. And boy, wouldn't it be cool? You know, last week we talked about the reports of that uh, 2023 movie that used to be Patty Jenkins with Rogue Squadron, but now has been, it was Old Republic, but now it's High Republic, apparently. And wouldn't it be cool if Acolyte ended and sort of was a spiritual prequel to the High Republic movie. I think that'd be pretty rad. Like to see the baton passed from one show up onto the big screen like that. I think that would be a pretty good launching pad, a good runway for the first movie in four years. I don't know that that's going to happen. It it would seem, I don't know, unlikely. I don't know. Maybe they can make it work where you'd have two creative groups of creatives working on the projects and have them sync up together in some meaningful way. I I would I would eat that up. I think that would be really really cool. And here I go again talking about a fandom subsiding you know, subsisting on lore and connectivity. <laughs> there we go. But at least it would be High Republic, so it'd be relatively unexplored and out of that Skywalker saga. So yeah, so that that takes us right through 2023. And I you know beyond that into 2024, I don't know. I. To me, it's it's too cloudy, too nebulous to know what happens in 2024. I would say Andor Season 2, Mandalorian Season 4. And I don't even know if those things are officially confirmed or if those were things that were just reported on. But yeah, the next couple of years are going to be bananas on Disney+. And I didn't even mention Bad Batch Season 2 or the uh, the rumored Maul animated series. I don't know how they would treat those. Maybe they're Maybe they plug those in between live action shows. Man, but you know what those it's weird because like those those shows are like 12 13 episodes in their own right or 16. So you got to think there's going to be some overlap somewhere, somewhere along the calendar. And again, I have I have no idea where they slot these things in, but man, is it ever clear? We got we have a lot of stuff coming in the next 2 years and it's going to be a blast. But uh, yeah, I, I left uh, I left a spot here in the show notes for Disney uh, D23, but uh, <laughs> we know what that was. That was a big donut. So folks, that is going to do it. That's uh, that's a week for me. Thanks. For, if, if you made it this far, please do let me know. <laughs> I'd be grateful to know how many of you stuck it out listening to me drone on. You know, just it's it, it is it's got to be kind of hard listening to one voice in your ear for uh for this long 
I, but I do, I, I'm, I'm amazed and I'm grateful that, uh, each and every one of you stuck it out with me. So thank you so much, but, uh, I'm going to call it quits for this week. Uh, but if you want to catch up with any of us, you can find us in the tumbling saber Facebook group, which is always rocking and rolling, always a good time. So you can come on in, make yourself at home. Um, as for Twitter, check the show notes of this episode. We're all there. You can connect with us on, on that platform if, if that's your thing. Uh, Corey li- likes loud shoutouts. So just pepper him with loud shoutouts on Twitter. Um, he likes the attention. He craves it. Uh, and if you'd like to help us grow this podcast, uh, best thing you can do is just share the tweets when we drop the episode. Give it a retweet. Give it a share. Um, you know, Word of mouth is, is the best form of marketing there is. People believe their friends. And if you can share this with your friends, again, I'd be really, really grateful for helping helping bring new people in. And um, again, if, if you've got two minutes of time, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and uh, let me know you did that. And I'll, I'll read that on the show. Because uh, th- those are some of the most life-affirming things you can do. But that's it. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode where I just prattled on for, for close to an hour of, of the latest and greatest in Star Wars. Let me know what you think. You can hit me up at tumblingsaber at gmail.com. And uh, we'll catch you next week, everybody. Stay safe and may the Force be with you. Sitting here for hours Looking at that child Pages getting wider Like a mirror to myself Struggle for the answers Questions frighten me Circles getting wider It's harder just to see Your voice is saying